What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Fourth Infinity. It's been a little while. It's been, I think, a month and a half-ish. I did not check and see when our last episode was exactly, but as we were just saying, it's been a little less than two months since we've been here. Uh, some stuff has happened. It is the off-season right now. It is the calm before the storm of the NFL draft in a couple weeks. Baseball's happening right now. The basketball playoffs are about to happen. The hockey playoffs are about to happen. I'm watching soccer a lot. All of us are. Well, except Bobby. Uh, three of us are watching a lot of soccer all of a sudden. Uh, other sports are happening, but we still have to talk about football because this is a football show. We can talk about other, that other stuff another time. You guys are here, and I'll start with Bobby as usual. Bobby, what's going on in Detroit with uh, as it pertains to football right now? Uh, the Lions are signing guys in free agency that we don't have to, huh? have to pay for. And no we're way. filling we're filling like all of our needs. I, I don't know what's happening. This has never happened in my lifetime. <laughs> Oh, that's a good sign. We can get more into that in just a little bit. Uh, as far as the other two, Arcadio, how you doing over there? How are things in Raiders land? Um, this is fine. Everything's fine. Situation normal. How are you? All right. Janeb, how are you doing over there? There were some great times. And then there have been some not great times. Then there were some pretty good times. And then it's now the we cities. just lost a bunch of our good players. I just pray that our offensive guru can save all of our troubles with the <laughs> this offseason but i don't no promises yeah yeah we'll get into what each of our teams have done that's actually yeah. how we're going to start you, here in just you a went second. Into some some charles dickens there for a second James. yeah i know that, that was extremely <laughs> poetic yeah um yeah so uh the the layout of this one uh we're going to talk about what our teams have done this offseason we'll talk about the rest of the acquisitions around the league general news that's happened other than that and then we'll preview the draft last that's going to be the roadmap of this episode and then i think next episode will actually be a draft recap when we get there but as of now we're going to talk about what's happened in the offseason so uh I, I will start with uh the chiefs uh as far as their offseason has gone obviously they're just coming off of a super bowl 57 win so very happy about that we were riding the high of that for a little while and then reality kicked in to a degree in terms of what the offseason was actually going to be. It sort of seems like the new thing in Kansas City is that you have to pay whatever you want to call it. I'll call it a chief's tax. You will not be the highest paid or as, as high paid as you could be if you went elsewhere, but you're going to take a pay cut because you want to play for a winning team with a winning culture with the Chiefs. So that, I think, makes them a bit less of a desirable destination for certain free agents who are just looking to maximize their deals. This obviously happened with Tyreek Hill last year, um, who wanted more, and they ended up just dealing him to, to Miami. I think that affects them a little bit with transactions, as we'll talk about here shortly, but I'll go into who they have lost in this offseason so far. So uh, left tackle Orlando Brown, who they acquired a couple years ago from the Ravens, had a couple good years. Uh, he was protecting Mahomes on the left side. He is gone. Um, I we should have put, I should have put notes on where everybody went because I don't remember off the top of my head. He went to the Bengals, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Bengals. So he went to arguably the biggest uh, conference rival for the Chiefs at this point in time. Uh, went to another winning team, and I'm sure he expects to have success there. It seemed like things weren't going to work out based on what he wanted and what the Chiefs were willing to give him. Didn't seem like necessarily hard feelings there, but it seemed for weeks that that just wasn't going to work out, uh, and it didn't. And he went to the Bengals, but we will talk about how they fix that in just a second. Andrew Wiley from the uh, offensive line as well. So Wiley went to the Commanders. The Chiefs lost him. Lost a couple of wide receivers from their receiving core. Juju Smith-Schuster went to the Patriots. Uh, not a crazy deal. The wide receiver market is uh, not as crazy as it was last offseason. Uh, a lot of guys signing for the, relatively the same amount of money 
in that 10, 11 million dollar range is kind of what it seemed like. And Juju went for that. So they lost their number one overall wide receiver, I think. And they also lost Cole Hartman, who went to the Jets. Uh, he never, his career never really took off in Kansas City like they wanted it to. Injuries affected him on and off, especially last year, which before he got hurt was his best year so far, I think. It was on pace to be. And uh, he, he's gone to the Jets, so that's another loss. Also, on the defensive line, they released Frank Clark after several good years here, uh, especially in the playoffs. He is, I think, top two or three all-time with playoff sacks, as we discussed. Um, so it was time. I think every regular season, I feel like me especially, I complain about Frank Clark and how he just seems like he's not doing much for a lot of the time, and he does pick it up in the playoffs, but I think it was time to let him go and rebuild the defensive line a little bit. They also lost Colin Saunders, who was the defensive tackle, so that's who they lost. Uh, who they gained, uh, Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, they signed from the Jaguars to uh, replace Orlando Brown on the left side as the left tackle for Mahomes. Was not the like first name that I saw as like a possibility, but after looking at all his stats, it seems like, uh, especially for what they gave him, it seems like not quite a steal, but a very good pickup by the Chiefs. I don't know if it'll be immediately better than Orlando Brown at that position, but it's a good pickup, I think, and it alleviates some worries about the offensive line because there are a few gaping holes in the Chiefs game just in general, and offensive line when they lost Brown and Wiley was one of those areas, so... They immediately shored that up, at least on the uh, offensive, on the left tackle side of the ball, at least. Also signed Mike Edwards safety uh, to short the secondary a little bit. Uh, that was an area that they have a little bit more depth at than they used to, but any acquisition helps, so that was another good one. Uh, big signing on the defensive line. They signed Charles Amenahu from the San Francisco 49ers, who was a pretty big pickup. I think he will help alleviate some of the loss of uh, Saunders and Clark. I still think they need to get probably another edge rusher in the draft, which we can discuss in a little bit. But that was another, probably the other really big move they made after picking up Jawan Taylor. So that's an overview of what has happened with the Chiefs this offseason. The big deficiency at the moment is at the wide receiver position itself. Um, so people are looking to the draft at this point because it's been a couple really quiet weeks as far as that goes. It's kind of a wait and see thing, I think. At least among Chiefs fans, there's faith in the organization and Brent Veach as the GM to do their job and to actually make these pickups and shore up the deficiencies. But it seems like they're not going to get like that big player who's going to immediately fix the position like you could get at a wide receiver right now, for example, because Hopkins is very clearly either going to be traded or released at this point. And he's an option, but it seems like it's not going to work out with the Chiefs in particular. So that top guy, I don't think is going to immediately happen, at least at, the, at that position for them. Chiefs. Good. I mean, I think. Chiefs good, but they did lose a, a handful of like pretty they solid did. players, and and yeah. you know I think anytime you bring on new guys, and I think this is going to be a theme also for the Niners. You know, you bring on new guys, it's gonna the offense is gonna look a little different. I think um, the wide receiving core is gonna be really interesting because I, I mean losing both Michael Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster means focusing a lot more on Kadarius Tony, who's gonna be in his what second year. Um, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, uh, I mean, even with Aaron Rodgers, like, he never was the number one guy in, in um, Green Bay. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'll be interested to see what happens. I mean, I think that if you rolled out there with Pacheco and, uh, and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, you could probably still win all the games. Like, you don't really need much more than those three guys. You, you'd like guys to be there for when injuries inevitably happen, which I feel like plagues the Chiefs, like, pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's been one of the biggest stopping factors for, like, their dominance in the last five years has been getting hurt. We'll see what they do in the draft. Uh, hopefully they get some them wide receiving help there. But I think wide receiver is one of those positions where quarterbacks can really le uh, elevate their skill level from being just fine to being, like, outstanding. See to uh, <laughs> Rodgers and... Uh, and uh, 
Manning and Brady doing that to their wide receivers all the time. They're like these like good or or maybe above average players who just become stars because they have epic quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean we we kind of said that going into this past year too, as far as the wide receiving core for Kansas City um, after lo- losing Tyreek Hill. So, I mean I think that with the scheme and with that offense, they can kind of plug and play just about anyone because they run the offense mostly through Kelsey, and then mm-hmm. the receivers are kind of. You know, they're they're running routes that are clearing space because of the scheme and everything. They don't need studs. When they had a stud, you saw what Tyreek Hill would do. Um, but I'm assuming they're going to take someone in the draft uh, and, and fill that position a little bit more, and that's going to be fine. Like, I doubt it's going to be that big of an issue. I don't think they'll have, like, a stud, but Kelsey's the stud. Like, he's the stud pass catcher, so that's kind of all they need at this point. The Chiefs always draft well, so that, obviously that's why they're two-time champions the past few years. So, yeah, they lost a lot of guys, especially in the trenches, but I think they'll be all right. Yeah, no, I think they'll be all right. It's just I think there's a little bit of nervousness until we get to that point of of what we see, what the actual plan is, if there's a plan. Because, um, like like you said, I think there's a bit of an expectation because we had Terry Kill for so long that there is an expectation to get that stud. And Juju was not that guy to like to any real degree, but he was still like a decent number one, number one wide receiver in an offense that had a great tight end like that. Um, it doesn't seem like we'll have a guy even that good immediately on the team this year. Um, Cause like even the rookies they've drafted, they usually give, it takes them a couple years to get integrated well into the offense. I think Sky Moore is probably going to have to take a lot more responsibility in his second year. Cause in terms of actually doing stuff as a receiver, he mostly just did special teams. Uh, he didn't do much on the field, on the offense. He scored his first touchdown down in the Super Bowl um so like he wasn't doing much in the regular season or even in the first couple games of the playoffs so I think he'll have to take a lot more responsibility this season I personally don't trust Kadarius Tony as a wide receiver one if that's the route they're going to go uh just because I know what his durability has been in his career so far it has been a struggle he's really good when he plays and the Chiefs have done a great job of scheming for him but I don't trust him at that position Valdez Scantling I've I have not seen enough to say that I could trust him at that position either and I know it's all like Kelsey's there, and he's still going to be the guy in terms of who they throw to. As long as he's healthy, that's obviously going to be the way the offense is run. But still a little bit nervous about that. I still think the team will be fine, ultimately. Like, I'm not worried that the team's going to be bad because they don't have a star-wide receiver. But it is, like, in terms of glaring deficiencies, that's probably the biggest one that they have right now. What I do trust Kadarius Tony is to give us some great memes. <sighs> great yeah. memes. The best meme of all time. Killed Arcadia. I think that's it for the Chiefs. I think that's all the important stuff. So we can move on next to the Raiders and Arcadio. I will let you take the lead on how your offseason has been going. Yeah, so, sure. So a lot of turnover in Raiders land. Um, the big one, obviously, we mentioned uh, in the last couple pods as potentially coming together. And it finally did. Um, Derek Carr signed with the Saints. So back with the coach that drafted him. Well, so to speak. That That's the big one. Obviously, court, the quarterback position. Raiders are going to have question marks for a little while and um, top that off. They traded one of their biggest weapons, Darren Waller to the giants. They only got a third round pick back, which I wasn't very happy with because he, there were rumors last season around the trade deadline, even, or even before the season started that he'd be fetching at least a second round pick from the Packers. And so obviously that didn't materialize. Another one I should mention uh, kind of a little more somber is that uh, Foster Moreau, the backup tight end, who's actually started several games for the Raiders and pretty held his own pretty well. Um, he was on his free agent visits and he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So he decided to step away from football a little bit to focus on his recovery. 
Um, there is a report that he completed his physical with the Saints today in order to make sure everything checks out so that if a team wanted to sign him, then he could be placed on the NFI list and he'd be able to come back when he's fully healthy. And yeah, so that's a potentially good sign. So it seems like he's itching to get back to football as it is. Uh, shout out to Foster Moreau, prayers up. Yep. And then uh, last couple, we got Mac Hollins, wide receiver that was pretty productive for the Raiders last season. Went to the Falcons. The great Jarrett Stidham started a really nice game against the 49ers last season towards the end. Signed with the Broncos. I know that was a big topic of discussion, whether the Raiders should just like sign Stidham for a year and draft somebody and have, you know, roll with that. But obviously Stidham signed with the Broncos pretty quickly into the offseason. So yeah, that was their most their most notable losses, um, mostly on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, their defense has not been good for a very long time. So any of the the losses that they've taken there won't really move the needle too much. Um, as far as additions go, the big one, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo signed from the 49ers to be the Raiders' starting quarterback. He signed a three-year deal, I believe. You don't seem enthused about this 40-17 and 17 <laughs> quarterback signing with the Raiders. This is this is one of the most winningest quarterbacks that the Raiders have signed in like the last 20 years. That's yeah. nothing the Raiders can't fix. And he's very good-looking. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, as far as our our handsomeness quotient goes, like that, that skyrocketed. So, I mean, I guess there's that. We got that going for us. That's something. You got the sex appeal. Wait. Which is nice. Uh, he's got yeah. he's got some like free access to the bunny ranch, right? That's his that's his new thing. Yeah, yeah. he's got a lifetime offer, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, he signed a three year deal, and I believe the Raiders can pretty much get out of it like even halfway into year two. The plan is definitely to not just have Jimmy G at quarterback for the next couple of years. I don't think. I still think they're they they want to draft somebody. It's just right now the. They they probably have to wait to see how the draft shakes out the first couple picks before pulling the trigger on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, as of today, signed Brian Hoyer from the Patriots, uh, a favorite of Bill, of Josh McDaniels, to be the backup quarterback. So, whoop de doo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, most of these these uh, free agency moves haven't really caught my my interest. Um, tight end Austin Hooper. To replace the great Darren Waller, uh, I believe oh, you talk have... about a downgrade. What an what an incredible downgrade! Yeah, I believe <laughs> the the three tight ends they have on the roster now are Austin Hooper, OJ Howard, and uh, a guy named I, th- I believe Morstead or Horstead. <laughs> so they got they got Triple H on the roster. So that, hey. that's that's kind of there exciting. Um, they signed. Uh, from the Eagles, he was a starter at safety, I believe, Marcus Epps. And he started every game for the Eagles last season. So solid starter in the back end. That's really what they needed. Um, they need All over the defense, they need starters. So that's a good start. They got a couple of linebackers, I believe. And then a big splash, I think, on the offensive side besides quarterback was uh, Jacoby Myers, signed from the Patriots. He was involved in the most infamous play. <laughs> in the last several years for the Raiders uh, last season, the lateral lateral, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be a pretty good addition for them. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see if he can coexist with 
Hunter Renfro, who's also kind of a slot receiver like that, or if maybe Hunter Renfro ends up getting shipped around the draft. That That's probably my guess. A very quick thing on go. that, and I'll let you go, but McDaniels, he likes to move guys around um, yeah. receivers a lot, and I feel like two guys that have a similar skill set actually fit the scheme uh, that he runs pretty well. So I think my personal thought is that they'll they'll keep Renfro, but that's just my thinking on it. Yeah, like they can do what McDaniels did with Amendola and Wes Welker back in the day, and that that'll work just fine. Those are two two another two receivers that both worked out of the slot pretty well. I don't know. I don't know how confident this regime is in Hunter Renfro after his kind of struggles and injuries last season. So that's yeah. that's kind of where my head is leaning for that. But Jacoby Myers is a good player, and he should soak up a lot of targets with Darren Waller being gone. Yeah, it's it's interesting though. I mean, I think like you have a an organization that's in a division where even if you had like Josh Allen as your quarterback, the odds that you're winning the division are still pretty unlikely. Right. So it's like so the division the division isn't in question anymore. So it's like okay, now you need to start competing for the wild card, and teams that compete for the wild card, in my opinion, have uh you can either have really strong line play between your O line and D line. Or you can have really strong quarterback play. And I don't know if the Raiders really are doing either right now. Nope. It doesn't look like it. If your goal is to be trending in the right direction, you it feels like you have just downgraded at every position for no actual benefit. Other than being like, the problems are gone. It's like, okay, cool. The problems are gone. You just replace them with more problems. It's like you're just going to blame. Jimmy G is just going to become the next Derek Carr to yell at. Except he's worse. I think that one of the reasons he's done so well in his career is he's... So far, played for two extremely good coaching staffs. And uh, Josh McDaniels does not define good coaching staff to me. Uh, and maybe that's just because we haven't seen it work. But I also just like haven't seen former Patriots coordinators like make good coaching staffs. Like it just hasn't happened. This is frighteningly similar to what happened with Patricia and Bob Quinn with the Lions. Everything here is like giving me PTSD. Um, trading away some of your best players, bringing in pretty much all people who have played for at some point, the Patriots, because they know the system. Yeah, it didn't work at all here. I think the difference is Patricia is terrible at his job and is not even a good <laughs> defensive coordinator. Um, and I think that uh, Mc- McDaniels, I, th- I think he can actually like coach an offense. He's good at that. But the moves they're making, they're making the Patriots West, and they try to do that and to make it the Patriots North with the Lions, and it was a disaster. So. I'm not super confident in it. I'm not a big fan of that whole way of thinking, I guess. So You know what else it's similar to is Josh McDaniel's first year with the Broncos when yeah. he traded away Brandon Marshall, traded away Jay mm-hmm. Cutler. It just happened a year later. It was delayed by a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just seems like history is kind of repeating itself. Um, one thing I wanted to mention with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing that I didn't get to mention was I'm not a big believer in 20 plus million dollars to the quarterback position if your quarterback is not like one of the top guys. Are you saying that Danny Dimes' $44 million deal is not good for... But also you said 20 plus million. I mean, the the quarterback um, contracts now are... Yeah, that's like the low end and for a starter. Like, no, 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 so no, like, I, I, you're, you're paying very little for your starting quarterback compared to the rest of the league. I understand mm-hmm. that. It's just the the best formula to win a championship in this league is either having an elite elite quarterback that you can build around like Patrick Mahomes or you have a really strong team around a young rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. And yep. 
if you have Jimmy Garoppolo on your payroll for three years for taking up almost $25 million each year, then that's going to squeeze your resources a little too thin overall to, to cover the other important needs on the roster, like basically all over the defense. But I think what they're kind of attempting to do here is build something and get it kind of a winning, like this is their idea at least, get it kind of a winning team going uh, and then be able to dump Jimmy G uh, once they get a young guy in there to try to do that with a young quarterback. I think that's the plan. But the problem is you're going to have at least two years of kind of mediocrity, I think, um, to even get to that point. And we'll see if McDaniels, even if he even lasts that long. Like, right. if, I feel if like mediocrity in football is the worst. Like it's the literal like worst of like either be absolute dog shit and, and draft a, a competent quarterback, which we know in the 2024 draft class, there's going to be some good quarterbacks to choose from uh, or be like good enough to be in playoff contention. So that way you can show that you're making strides to be like a competent football organization. I feel like the moves they've made just put them back in the, the position of like the eighth through ninth, eighth through 10 seed. It's like that you're not as bad as the teams that are in, that are genuinely just awful. And you're not as good as any of the contending teams to even make it into the contention. Like you can't sign players who are like, not, who are trying to restart their career by going to a team that they know they can get playing time with. And you're also then not going to end up with players that want to be on a winning organization and try to make something of their, the sort of the back half of their career, right? Like, like you, you just, there's a lot of no man's land. And in some ways I'm actually kind of sad for Jimmy Garoppolo because he like, he was good under two regimes and, and he's going to go to a place where he's just consistently going to be not good. He needs a very good scheme to win, and I don't think that he can put in the scheme that he actually needs to win. It's just going to be, everyone's just going to scapegoat him, like, because he's the new guy who showed up, and now everything's going terribly, when it's like the roster construction is just broken. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Janov. I think, to grow, to quote the great Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, <laughs> they're trying to half-ass two things instead of whole-ass one thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that just doesn't work out either way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously for your sake, just like as a friend, like I want the Raiders to do well, but I am not confident and I'm, I, yeah, I, I am not really, uh, I wouldn't be pleased if I was a Raiders fan with kind of any of the moves they've made. Yeah, I'm not. Well, on that happy note, <laughs> on that, on that note, note, let's go to something a little bit happier. Bobby, you get to be happy about the Lions oh, hey. for a little bit. Yeah, what what's going on here? Um, I don't know. Honestly, this is, I think it's the first time. Just to, to like high level, it's the first time in my lifetime that the Lions have had a good GM. Um, I trust Brad Holmes. I've loved pretty much every move he's made, um, and they've built this team very quickly. Um, they looked at this team in the offseason, and like I, I'm used to us maybe signing a couple big name guys at the end of their career for like big money, overpaying to kind of get someone here. Um, that's been the Lions kind of MO. Uh, in free agency for the past 20 years at least. And instead what they did is they looked at the team and said, okay, well, um, the secondary is terrible. We need to address that. And and for every mock draft that came out prior to free agency, it was like the Lions are taking a corner at six. Well, we essentially signed three defensive backs, like three guys that can play corner, one that's uh, a corner slash safety. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be the starters at this point. So I guess... Let's go into the key losses for the for the Lions. Uh, the first one, which is just a big 
Like it kind of hurts just because I love the guy as Jamal Williams. Um, I think we improved that position, so I'm not like super torn up about it, but I love Jamal Williams and his attitude and his personality. Um, I don't like when he signed with the saints, he kind of uh, said that the lions gave him like a disrespectful offer that kind of came out later that that's not true. So I don't like that he did that, but I still love him sad that he's gone, but we replaced him with David Montgomery, which I think is a better running back at this point um, in his mm-hmm. career. So, you know, someone who is more of a three down back who can catch the ball out of the backfield a little more, he can still do the short yardage that Jamal Williams was very good at. Um, and that's how he got all those touchdowns last year. Yeah. Um, but he has some more speed. He can break more tackles. He's kind of known for being more shifty. And uh, when Aiden Hutchinson was asked last year who the toughest player to play against was, he said David Montgomery, and this was before we signed him. So mm-hmm. um, very happy with that replacement. We also lost DJ Chark, uh, which like I was a little unsure what we would do with him. I, I liked him when he played. He was hurt for a good chunk of last year, but he was very good when he was when he was there. Um, but obviously we have Jamison Williams, who is going to take a much more prominent role. So it'll be him, hopefully, as our like outside wide receiver one. We have Amon Ross St. Brown as our slot and, you know, kind of like basically our best go to receiver, especially third downs. Uh, and then we signed Marvin Jones to replace DJ Chark on a cheaper, uh, pretty a cheaper deal returning. You know, he was here for quite a few years um, before and very good for us. So I think that's a pretty solid uh, replacement at that point mm-hmm. and something that I think I, I think the Lions are going to um, draft a receiver and we can get into that going into it. But um Essentially, they they replaced DJ Chark with someone who I think is very similar for a year and, you know, didn't really lose much. But yeah, so it started, our biggest signing was Cameron Sutton, uh, the first guy that we got, the cornerback, um, who was with the the Steelers previously. We got him on a three-year deal, uh, biggest money deal with up to like 33 million, I think, um, over the three years. And um, he is probably going to be our number one corner, and I'm pretty happy about that. Defensive backfield was the weakest by far. Starting with him was a great move. He's going to sure up that like that kind of outside number one position. Probably going to be on most of the number one receivers most of the time, I would think. Uh, I mean, we'll see once we get into the, like, into the season and the scheme and how they line guys up. But really like him. It seems like the, the constant thing I, I am hearing from other teams, because I like hearing what the other team's reactions to all our signings are like, oh, they're mad they didn't sign this guy for the same deal the Lions got him for, which means... They want to come to the Lions. They're not taking like, you know, we're not overpaying and the fans are sad to see these guys go. It's like they're actually good players. So it's the same with him. Also the same with another guy that Janev can speak on um, a little bit more, which is Emmanuel Mosley. Um, who we got for a one year. Yeah, for a one year deal. I mean, I know he's been hurt a lot, but when he's played, he's been really, really good. Yeah, when he's played, when he plays, he's probably one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Like he, he immediately jumps to a like, uh, maybe a top 10, top 15 for cornerback at least. Um, but it's a problem. He just doesn't play enough. Um, I think he's had multiple season ending, season ending surgeries. And, um, but I mean, I think our entire defense was sad to see him go. And, and um, you know, he, he definitely led the defense uh, in 2019. So he's really good. Um, and if he can stay on the field, like that's a really solid pickup. Right, and and that's why I love it. We, it. we signed him for a one-year prove-it deal, which is what he needed because of the injuries. Um, 
you know, he'll, he'll play this year. If he can play the whole season, he'll probably get a really big contract after this, whether it's with us or with someone else. But for one year, I will take that. Um, you know, it's like one year, 8 million or something like that. It wasn't that bad. Uh, and if he stays healthy, that's another really, really good corner on the outside. And, uh, if he doesn't end up playing as much, like I'm, I'm assuming we're going to take some guys in the draft, but to me, that's definitely worth, worth the risk. Biggest one that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, like I kind of thought we were mostly done with free agency. Then all of a sudden I get a notification. Lions have signed safety CJ Gardner Johnson from the Eagles, mm-hmm. which was massive. Like, yeah. yep. uh, he had led the league in interceptions last year, even though he missed a few games, he switched positions. He had played nickel for most of his career, um, like with the saints. And then with the Eagles, he, um, switched to safety and free safety and he was a monster. So he's very, very versatile. We can put him wherever we want to put him. He's familiar with Aaron Glenn, um, and Dan Campbell from the saints. They were, both coached him there so they know what to do with him they know his skill set and that's probably why he ended up coming here because he's he likes them and wants to play with them so like we completely turned around our entire defense just with those three signings and it's like it's something that i've never seen the lions do so pretty pumped about that we also made a couple other smart deals like signing uh, graham glasgow who again used to play for the lions and wanted to come back uh he's a guard played with Denver for a few years. Um, just some good depth on the O-line, which is already good. So I'm pretty optimistic about this, um, which is very weird for me as a Lions fan. It's not <laughs> something I'm used to at all. So, you know, we can get into more what I think they can do in the draft, but essentially what they did in free agency to kind of sum it up is they addressed every actual need we had. Um, and we don't have any like glaring holes going into the draft. So yeah, I like, wanted to commend your GM like like you were saying earlier, he actually seems like he knows what he's doing. And he, he seemed like he went into the offseason with the plan like, okay, we got beat on the back end so many times last season. And that's why we we need to go out and sign all these guys on uh, in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And so he got like three really strong starters at DB. And so now like hopefully that's not going to be as much of a problem going into next season, but also it, it does give you the flexibility in the draft to just take the best players available, get exactly uh, improve the overall depth of the team. And yeah, really, really smart, really smart team building. Yeah. And look, I mean, we hope Jeff Okuda who we took as the number three overall pick as a corner will turn into something. And he's been very, very hit and miss, but like, He's again like just another piece when he's not our number one corner, he's a great piece to have, you know, just to be able to have out there. So like the the depth we have now at a position that was our weakest is insane. Continues the theme of uh 49ers, ex 49ers players going to everyone else's teams. Uh this is the this is the third one. Um and like the third like half decent player for us, or or you know, in Jimmy G's case, like uh, as much as he wasn't he's not like a, a top 10 or even top 15 quarterback like he's very serviceable for the times that he was here and I mean he led us to the championship games and Super Bowls and so I think like that's a pretty commendable effort um, but Emmanuel Mosley is genuinely really good and I'm excited to see how this new look team is uh one thing about the the lines I think we looked this up but 
they're the division favorites currently. Uh, yeah. So they're the favorites to win in the division. And I, I would like to know, and none of us, uh, I think, have this information at the ready, but when the last time there were favorites to win the division was? Because I can't imagine 90s. it's been... It was, since it was, I was, it was, uh, it was, it was in the nineties. Um, I actually know, I like, I literally just heard this fact, uh, listening to like Detroit sports radio, because it is a big deal that we're the favorites. Um, and it was when we had Barry, uh, sometime late nineties, we were a favorite and that was it. Uh, lines on the big up, uh, and the rest of the NFC North is, is crumbling as we'll get into later. Yeah. The, the over unders for this, for this division are, are interesting. Uh, lions are at nine and a half, which, like I get, I, th- I would take the over optimistically at this point. Um, and then it's the Vikings at eight and a half Packers at seven and a half. And I think the bears also at seven and a half, like they have the division all like right around 500, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. I mean, I guess that's, that means a lot of divisional losses, uh, like everyone's just going to, and yet we dominated the division, the division last year. We had one loss against the division and should have yeah, won yeah. that game. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Niners time, Nick? I think Niners time. 2018 and 2019, 1920, 21, uh, 22. They've, they've, been, they've been solid. They've had a lot of good players. Somehow they, they continue to make magic work in there and find players on cheaper deals or like, you know, find players and not have to pay them a ton. But eventually you end up with too many guys who you, you simply just cannot pay them all. And they've elected to play the guys who have been around, or pay the guys who've been around, um, you know, uh, looking at like Debo Samuel's contract and uh, and uh, Nick Bosa's contract and uh, a bunch of other guys, uh, you know, on the lines and, and Trent Williams and that sort of thing. So inevitably we were going to get picked apart. Uh, it was a matter of time. And uh, this was uh, an off season of reckoning. I think they lost a lot of solid players. Um, you know, we've talked about, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who, who was kind of out the door. He was out the door the last season. He's stuck yeah. around for one more season. He's, he's really gone now. Um, and you know, the jokes continue to be somehow he'll still make be starting for us week 11 next season. Um, and I'm sure if that did happen, Arcadia would love that. Uh, yeah. And then losing Emmanuel Mosley who hasn't, who didn't play last season, but you know, when he has played, he's been really good. Uh, and losing Jimmy Ward, who, uh, was on the NFL top 100 list. Um, he's been really good uh, at free safety. That's going to be a really tough pill to swallow. Uh, Charles Amenahu, uh to the Chiefs. I think we talked about it earlier. I would not say he was like even one of the top defensive players. That's just to say that the 49ers have a lot of really good defensive players. Uh, and so they, you know, they let him go. And um, happy that he got a good deal. He's a good player. And then we also lost Samson Ebukam, who we just signed, I think, two seasons ago from the Rams. Uh, and, you know, he was good when he was here. But these are the kind of pieces that, like, him and Charles who are the kind of pieces that are always in flux. And then, lastly, we lost Mike McGlinchey, who was a right tackle that we, fan base at least, loves to hate. Like, he was good, but I don't know if he was worth how much ever the Broncos paid for him. And a lot of people are, like, good riddance. Uh, so... Again, another hole to fill, which I, I think they signed an uh, an offensive tackle uh, fill that gap, and they also signed like another center to help fill the gap. Lost a lot of pieces, and you know rebuilding a lot of those pieces is difficult. But one of the big splash signings was Javon Hargrave, um, and he'll fill that hole that Charles Menehu 
and Samson Samson Ebukam left, uh, and and he's a huge upgrade. Um, he was really good on the Eagles' defense, and he's he's poised to make Nick Bosa even more scary. Uh, sort of being a fast-moving uh, defensive lineman who can really penetrate defenses, and then you have Nick Bosa kind of cleaning up the cleaning up after that. So two really strong defensive linemen uh, brings me back to like. Alden Smith, the Justin Smith days of uh, just being monsters on the D-line. Uh, also signed cornerback Isaiah Oliver, who will hopefully fill some of the, the or help fill some of the depth at, at cornerback, which I'm excited for. Uh, and then we've suddenly turned into Panthers West with the signing of <laughs> Sam Darnold. Hey. Um, so they signed Sam, Sam Darnold. Such so this is kind signing. of the big, <laughs> this is kind of the big like, who knows what's going to happen at quarterback? They they have now three quarterbacks, and conceivably all three of them are fighting for the starting job. Although it's been said uh, and was said at the owners and uh, the coaches and GMs meetings last week or two weeks ago that you know Brock Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse, but by no means has anybody won the starting job. And so they're going to go out there, and the three of them are going to compete: Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, and. Uh, Sam Darnold for the uh, for the 49ers quarterback starting job, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, it's it's been a tough offseason, just like losing a lot of guys and a lot of guys that really like worked well in the locker room, signing some other guys who are like supposed to be like underrated fits. Uh, but you know, when your potential starting quarterback doesn't even make your top 51 for salary considerations. It was always going to be a weird offseason in terms of like, no matter what moves they made, it doesn't really answer any questions, which the questions are, what are they doing at quarterback? And that's the only question that really, in my opinion, matters. But I don't think it was going to be like, it wasn't, you know, people have said like, oh, trade Trey Lance or do or like uh, find, um, you know, some or like, I don't know, people have thrown out outlandish ideas of like, signing Lamar Jackson or trying to get Aaron Rodgers or, you know, or trying to get Tom Brady before he decided to retire for the 50 millionth time. And I think like the, the real answer is you got to, you got to roll with one of the three guys you have and, uh, or one of the two guys you have, and then now bringing in Sam Donald as a, as a good veteran um, to, to have in the locker room. I think there's a, there's a way here for them to win with the quarterbacks they have. I think it's just a matter of the quarterbacks they have being healthy for, 17 games and uh none of those three have shown that they've been able to do that so ah, we'll see it's gonna be tough division's only gonna get stronger and uh also i think these roster moves did not inspire confidence that if they made it run as deep as they did last season with competent quarterback play the whole way down um they could really compete against the afc like i think the afc teams are still a step ahead and I think the Niners are still one of the top three or four teams in the NFC. And so we'll see what happens. I I, I have confidence because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are, are good at their jobs. But I haven't seen the results yet. And that makes me a little less confident. Yeah, I still think they'll be a good team. I, I think the quarterback uncertainty is a problem. But they've also manage the team so well that the team has been good even if they haven't had the best quarterback under center and they were able to obviously get a good run from Purdy before everything collapsed in the championship game and everything but yeah 
quarterback is going to be the big question mark, but I still think at its core, you do have a good team there. And especially in the NFC with the way that conference is right now, uh, I still think, yeah, your prediction of top three or four teams is probably still accurate. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, the, the quarterback position on your team is like kind of the least important in the league as far as the quarterback goes because of the scheme. Yeah. And it seems like you can kind of make your offense run um, pretty much no matter what, except that I think that Trey Lance is an awful fit for the scheme unless he takes a dramatic like turn as a, as a passer. Um, I don't really see that working out, which is unfortunate because you wasted a lot of uh, draft capital and everything to, to get him. But mm-hmm. um, I think Purdy or even Darnold would probably be fine, honestly. And, and the rest of the team around it, the running scheme, like I, I think again, yeah, you'll be in the top of the league and competing for a championship. So yeah, I think you're in a pretty good spot. All right, so I will move us on to second down, which is all the acquisitions in the rest of the league. Just a handful to go through here before we go to the other news and some stuff that hasn't officially happened yet. Uh, so first acquisition we have here, which is going to tie into a new story a little bit down the line. Uh, Alan Lazard signed with the Jets. He went from the Packers to the Jets. Obviously, everyone knows why he went there, and there are rumblings about other players that are desired to go to the Jets if things go their way, but uh, that was... I think that was the only like concrete move they made in terms of acquiring other Packers. Did they get anybody uh, else? I want to say did did, did they, they get they Cobb? R- Randall Cobb? I want to say they signed Broken Down. Did Randall they actually Cobb. get Cobb, or was that just talked about? I don't. Uh, I don't think he signed. I. I, I don't I, think he did. Oh no, he's a free agent. New York okay. Jets. Agent. Yeah. Have not signed Randall Cobb. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. He was on the list that was put out with yes. Aaron Rodgers, but it was he has not signed. They did yeah. sign a couple other guys, but not him um yeah and then who was it the the tight end mercedes um, lewis. signed with someone else mercedes lewis signed with someone else instead yeah yeah so lazard is one of a few names from the packers that aaron Rodgers wants if he goes there and so he's Lazard's already there no matter what ends up happening with rogers everyone expects him to eventually go to the jets obviously but uh he is there now so that's a, a pretty big acquisition one of the bigger wide receiver acquisitions this was like I said earlier, not as big of a wide receiver offseason as last year was, but uh, a, a fairly decent size acquisition for the Jets there. Uh, Miles Sanders, Eagles running back, who had a very good year last year, a solid fantasy running back for me on my team when I got second place. Uh, he left the Eagles. He went to the Panthers. Panthers made a couple acquisitions. We'll talk about their big one here in a second. But uh, yeah, a pretty de- pretty decent acquisition for the Panthers on their offense. Um, obviously, they pretty much had to rebuild every position they had except wide receiver. Uh, they had, well, I should they had one good wide receiver, and then they got rid of him, which we'll get to in a second. But the rest of their offense totally need to be fixed. And I think Miles Sanders is a solid running back one, and we'll see how he does there. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker from the Bills, ended up going to the Bears. Bears also made some moves, which we'll get to more in just a second. Uh, one of those moves, they acquired DJ Moore from the Panthers in the draft pick swap, which we'll talk about in just a second here. Uh, so DJ Moore, the Panthers' only real wide receiver, went to the Bears. And uh, the Bears are making some moves. They got a couple good guys. Uh, still bad. Still bad. <laughs> Do you think they get to four wins this year? I want you to say it now. Uh, I, I, they might hit five. Mm, okay. Okay. So we're. Gonna I honestly to... don't think they're going to be last place this year. I don't either. But we'll see. Um, um, yeah. If that. Uh, <coughs> Vikings. If the guy. No, I mean I think if the I guy didn't say the darkness retreat decides to go somewhere else, uh, we'll see if Jordan Love can get them to can get them to five wins. We'll we'll see. We'll see. But um, also, but also the, <laughs> the 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 fraudulent Vikings, the uh, the true Vikings cosplay that's happening over there. I don't know about that either. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, I didn't say it. 
I didn't say any of that for the record. Um, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, uh, you, you always know when Jalen Ramsey's about to get traded because he just doesn't shut up until he gets traded. This happened when he was a Jaguar, happened again when he was a Ram, yep. ended, up, ended up going to the Dolphins. Uh, solid, solid acquisition by the Dolphins. Um, I mean, he had a, he, he was still a top corner in the Rams, but it felt like maybe a little bit of a disappointing run for him over there. I don't know how good he still is at this point in his career, but... Yeah, I- the Lions uh, seem to make a run for him, um, and every, a lot of people here wanted him, uh, and I'm actually glad it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, especially with all the signings we actually did end up getting and the money we paid for it. Like, I'm actually happy we didn't trade away assets for Ramsey. Yes. Do, do we know who's quarterbacking in uh, in Miami? It's Not yet. Tua I mean, right now. Tua is officially yeah. cleared. Yeah, Tua's, Tua, uh, yeah, Tua's that cleared. That man um, should never take another snap in a football game. Probably yeah, should. You will. Well, I said it. Right. They should get, and I don't know if they have at this point, a backup that, like, you know, they, is a legit starter, basically. You're telling me Skylar Thompson and Tyrod Taylor don't qualify as legit Ty- backups? Do they have Tyrod Taylor? Uh, they might have lost them. It was, oh, they, no, had, had, they, had bridge, they had Bridgewater. Bridgewater not oh, Tyrod Teddy Taylor. Bridgewater. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, other, other middling. He's, he's not signed yet, backup. and that's actually someone I, I think the Lions could go after if they don't draft a quarterback to be backup, but that's a mm-hmm. whole different thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to more notable league acquisitions. Yes. Oh, sorry. Really quickly. Um, the backup quarterback for the Dolphins right now is former Jets superstar Mike White. Oh, that's oh, right. My they God. did that's pick right. him up. That's I right. forgot right. about they that. Did they did sign, sign him. White. Okay. Oh. Which actually, yeah, again, like Wait, that. we should also talk about how the Jets don't have a quarterback, but we could have a, how many teams don't have a quarterback I mean, conversation in another episode. They don't as of right now, but yeah. we know it's coming. We know Zach Wilson's going to be there week one, is what we're oh, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we're clearly saying. I want the funniest outcome always, and Zach Wilson being there week one is the funniest outcome. The funniest outcome is Aaron Rodgers just retiring. Well, yeah, but that would lead to Zach Wilson maybe being their starter in week one. So. Oh, I know, but like that being the reason for yes. it instead of like him going yeah. somewhere else or staying with the Packers. Yeah, putting all their eggs in one basket and then it just doesn't pan out. That would be perfect. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah go back in that darkness to creep. Yeah, go back. Go, go, <laughs> go back from whence you came. Uh, yeah, so, um, so last quarterback acquisition just, to just mention. Just become full-time on the McAfee show. That works, too. Yeah, just that be works a host. Too. There you go. <laughs> Uh, last big acquisition to mention, uh, as far as at least quarterbacks go, the Bucks have their replacement for the greatest of all time, and it is a good replacement. Obviously, it is it is someone on par who will achieve great things as Tom I mean, Brady did in his pick. career. Number one pick. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, former former Rams, Panthers, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield is as of now the Buccaneers' new starting quarterback for next season. So, uh, I mean. If there's if there's a division where he could actually conceivably get into playoffs with a team, it's that division. But also, I don't see it happening, folks. Yeah, they're no. they're paying Tom Brady like three more than three times uh, the money on the cap this year than they are the actual starting <laughs> quarterback. So let's see how that goes. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, that team was dysfunctional even with Tom Brady there. I can't imagine it just suddenly clicking with Baker Mayfield there. They they need an offensive line, you know. Yeah, that would help. Brady couldn't, like Brady releases the ball as fast as anyone, mm-hmm. um, and he could barely get it out in time. Yeah, like Baker's gonna get killed. Yeah, I don't have much else to add. It just, uh, I just don't think it's gonna work out. Gut feeling. Um, but yeah, one more to to note here. Gino got a big big boy contract. Yeah. Well, big boy. Okay, so actually, uh, I have 
thoughts on that because it's essentially a two-year deal. Um, so I think they are very, very much in play to take someone like Anthony Richardson in this draft. I can see it. Mm. I could see because it. It's a, it's a three-year deal where the third year is essentially voidable like mm-hmm. with as far as the uh, the guaranteed money and the, the cap hit. So, so like, uh, I think... So, uh, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation. Is, yeah, is I'm, 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 I'm very much thinking that. I, I think that if teams, it has to work out for them because teams are going to want to trade up to three, and there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken in the top five. So mm-hmm. like they might be left with nothing. But I think if someone like Richardson or even Levis is sitting there, they're going to take him. Here's the thing. You had a really good draft last season, last off season. You made the playoffs this season. You have really solid quarterback play already. If you think you have a window, why would you spend a top five pick or top six I pick, agree. whatever it is, on a quarterback when you can get like one of the best skill position players yeah. on the board or one of the best trench players on the mm-hmm. board and just make your team that much stronger around your serviceable quarterback? I 100% think they should do that, but I think the way they're setting themselves up and the way they made that contract with Gino that... I think that they're leaving it at least as a very, very possible option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. We'll see if that's actually the path that they go down, but they're certainly putting themselves in a position where that's an option. Yeah, we'll talk about the draft here again shortly. We have a couple stories to get into. We've kind of alluded to a couple of them already, but third down, other general news that's happened. Um, so my prediction from week four or five of last season where I said, I think the Panthers are going to end up with number one overall pick has come true, just not that way. Uh, they acquired the number one overall pick from the Bears, who obviously, uh, in the last week of the season, the Texans ended up losing themselves that pick. Bears had it, and it seemed pretty obvious they weren't going to take a quarterback, so that pick was pretty much on the market immediately. So, Panthers gave up the number nine overall pick, a second rounder in 2023, first rounder in 2024, a second rounder in 2025, and as we mentioned, DJ Moore went to the Bears. So, that's a lot they gave up for this number one pick, and uh, I mean, they have a lot of faith in whoever they're going to go with, I guess. Yeah, you don't you don't make this deal this early unless you're absolutely sure about one specific guy. So yeah, yeah, and, and I my gut feeling is that it, that it's Stroud. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe so too. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we'll see. I, I think that Bryce Young is more of the like he's kind of the safe pick, um, kind of the assumed one. But I, I gut well, feeling safe I think they in like Stroud more. Yeah, yeah. yeah like how how like, safe can a five foot eleven quarterback be? You know, that's the whole thing. Like he is safe in the fact that I think he's kind of like. Tua in a way like very very smart uh, and can play the position well knows how to make all the throws I think he's better than Tua to be honest but um, but he has his downsides and its size so um, Stroud I think kind of is a is a very very pure passer um, and he has the size so uh, I think that's I watched a five foot eleven quarterback ruin my football season for like ten years. So, you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's hope. Yeah. But he's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. If if that's, if your only drawback is that he ain't tall enough, it's like, well, we've seen guys overcome the height problem. We have. Just by being good. Yeah. It can be done, but that's obviously the big drawback right now, but we'll see. We're getting into draft speculation already. We have a little bit more to get through before we get to that. So as we have mentioned, the Jets are expected to get Aaron Rodgers from the Packers. It's been like a month since they like since he basically. Can said we talk that, about this for a second? Yeah, go ahead. What, what, uh, what, where, where do you want to start? Well, it's it's just like, can Aaron Rodgers be more like a more like uh, about me attention whore than 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 he currently is? Like he 
So so the season ends and everyone's like, okay, what's gonna happen to Aaron Rodgers? And then he says, and then it comes out that he's going on a darkness retreat. So he's gonna spend four days or something in complete darkness away from civilization or whatever. So he does that. And then he comes back. And then everyone's like, okay, he's back now. What's he gonna do? And then nobody hears anything. And then he goes on his buddy Pat McAfee's show, which that's a weird collab. If just Very. a strange a strange collab going on there. Because also, Pat McAfee has a vibe, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is not that vibe, but somehow <laughs> nope. they're like best buds. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, best buds is, I, it, those interviews are, to me, like, Pat McAfee seems to be like walking on eggshells a lot of the time with him. Like, I think he's very thankful it's that he's on the show. It's the only interviews that Aaron Rodgers does, so he I better know. walk like, on I think, shows, I, right? think he's, I think he knows what he's got, and it's a goldmine because Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. doesn't give interviews to anyone else. So I think he's playing it smart and just being like, we need this because it's massive numbers. But, like, they come across as very awkward to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then And so then he does that, and he says, I want to go to the Jets – and that was like three weeks ago. Yeah, it's and, been a while. And and everyone's just kind of been like, yep, he's going to the Jets. It's like, is he? As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, is he? Is he really? Here's the thing. There's no real rush for the Packers to do a deal when Aaron Rodgers has already made all of his intentions very clear. I think they want to wait until the draft rolls around yeah. so that they can get the most out of the Jets that they can. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. too. But, like, Aaron Rodgers really, like, did not spite the the, the Packers organization by doing this, right? Because, like, all the leverage is in the Packers' hands. Yeah. Like, okay, you, he knows Correct. where you want to go. You hand over as much as you're going to hand over because we won't send him otherwise. And, like, what, what are the Jets going to do? Be like, we don't want Aaron Rodgers? I mean... I think that's what they should do, but that's not what they're going to do. Uh-huh. Um, it'll be very interesting. I also don't think Robert Sala is a is is built to handle the, the nonsense that is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't think Mike LaFleur was either, and that's why I think they've had a falling out. Mike McCarthy wasn't. Like, it's, like, the towards the end, at least. Like, once Aaron started becoming more insane. So, I, like, I, he's not a very friendly guy. He's not a very amicable guy. Like, people don't really like him. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Cause they already had a hell of a time trying to manage Zach Wilson. Imagine having to try to manage Aaron Rodgers, who can walk in there and be like, I have more rings than all of you. I can't wait. I, I am waiting for this train wreck. Yeah. Like I hope to God that their hard knocks does the jets. If he signs there. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers in New York city just sounds like a disaster that I wouldn't mm-hmm. love to see. <laughs> I yeah, think, I think just... that would, I think that would mean one way or another, unless he gets injured, that would be the first time he plays Mahomes. either way. Cause chiefs play the uh, NFC North and the AFC East next year. I'm pretty sure. So uh, fingers crossed. That might be the first and only time they ever play each other. Yeah. And Mahomes is going to kick his ass. Cause... I fucking hope so. Yeah, it's it's sad too. Me too, because because the 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 Jets are a are a I think have a lot of really good pieces. Yeah, if Brees Hall comes back and Garrett Wilson's on the team and they have always kind of had a pretty strong defense and Robert Hall is a really good defensive coach. I don't understand, and I understand like you you went and drafted this high draft pick quarterback just like a couple seasons ago, so maybe it's tough to do that again. 
Mm-hmm. But it seems like such a stretch to bring boomer Aaron Rodgers to your team and expect it to turn around. Also, Aaron Rodgers has not played meaningful winning football in how long. Like, I've just seen the Niners ruin his postseason season after season after season. And if you think that isn't going to happen to the AFC with even better play, I don't – you're – Their schedule is uh, brutal. Smoking mm-hmm. ayahuasca. Like, I don't I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, like, he, this is the, a, the Bills are in their division. The Dolphins are in their division. They play they cross over right? with the, the Chargers AFC West. and the Chiefs. Yeah, they put the AFC and West. even the Broncos yeah. are expected to be a little better next year. Right. Like, They're going to get cooked. They're, they may not win six games next season. Good. That'd be hilarious. I can't wait. I would love that. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, like, as as the I'm from the Jets organization perspective, going after Aaron Rodgers or trying and like Aaron Rodgers becoming a Jet is like just shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, I think we go back to the thing we were saying about the Raiders, right? It's like they're just prime for mediocrity and not actually being comp- competitive when they have this young upstart team, and I it gives me shades of the Jaguars, except instead of getting Trevor Lawrence and sticking with it, they just fumble around and, and, and lose. Disappointing, because I want to root for Robert Sala. I like Sala, but like if Rodgers goes there, I will be rooting against them yep. very badly. <laughs> yep. So cannot wait for cannot wait for however this shakes out, because I think either outcome will ultimately be hilarious in its own way. So I can't wait. Uh, okay, last story we'll get into, something that is, as of now, unresolved. Uh, Lamar Jackson officially, I think last week, requested his trade from the Ravens because they've been obviously just Officially announced it publicly. He yes, officially. It on, like, uh, yes. March 2nd or something. Yeah. Yeah, so he officially revealed publicly, I think, last week that he has requested a trade, and nothing has really happened. Like, a bunch of teams have kind of been, like, the teams you would think might be in the running for him have sort of been discussed, and, like, a couple, I think, execs have made statements about it and everything. But as of now, I don't... Everyone has said no. Yeah, as I guess, as of now, there's no indication that anybody is actually anywhere close to getting him or even has interest, which just seems insane for a variety of reasons. But, yeah, I don't know. This whole thing's just been so weird. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, um, unfortunately, I think not having an agent and pushing for the Deshaun Watson deal, or at least he, he wants, whether he says it's full, fully guaranteed or not, he wants his mm. guaranteed money to be more than Deshaun Watson. Yes. That seems to be pretty clear. Um, and I don't think teams are willing to do that for a few, like a variety of reasons. Um, one, just the money itself. Two, I think his style of play, which I think is kind of silly. I mean, he's a superstar. I think he's going to still be a superstar for multiple years. But that seems to be an issue that people are concerned about with the, you know, the fact that he is a running quarterback and that he's been injured uh, yeah. multiple times over the past few years. But like, I think he, I think he's getting that injury prone label now, yeah, whether it's fair it, or not. Right, and I think he kind of got to this point in his career too late because he didn't have an agent and um, didn't go to the negotiating table early enough, essentially Uh, like he should have gotten his deal when Josh Allen got a deal. um, Mm -hmm. And it's two years later now it's a tough situation. And I think it's not fair to him, but he did contribute to getting himself into this spot. Yeah, no, I think, I think his, his presence as, you know, going without an agent and trying to make this work and, you know, we've seen players do it and do it successfully before, but I just don't see it, man. I just like that not seeing it work for him. And he continues to go on Twitter and 
you know, in all of his public avenues and be like, all you guys who are telling me I'm dumb for not having an agent, you guys look like idiots right now when he's still not signed. And mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get traded to where he wants to go. Yeah, and, right. Like, because he doesn't have an agent, like, he should have shown up to, um, like, the owner, like, to the combine or to something, like, to talk to people, like, something to, to get his name out there and, like, talk to someone. And he just didn't even do that. Like, I'm sad because he should get, like, he should get a big deal. He really should. But it just seems like it's not going to happen. And he's either going to have to sit out um, or play under the franchise tag at this point. Mm-hmm. He's the biggest favorite currently is the Falcons, right? I don't know what the betting favorite is, but um, the Falcons uh, currently rolling out. Their owner pretty much said no. I know. Like, very strongly, the, but like, I don't really think there is a favorite at this point that actually like is legit. Arcadio, you tinfoil hatted the Packers, didn't you? Packers, no, yes, I did. And I think they're the, in the, the best position is, to actually do it, whether they have not, any, it, okay, because they're is, they is Rogers dead cap too big. Roger, Rogers dead cap is way, way too much. Uh, they are essentially screwed for this year. Okay, I don't know how I don't know how money works. Do they still have to pay even if they trade him? Yes. Oh, the dead okay. cap, the dead cap money because of what's guaranteed and when it's when it is guaranteed to him, it hits okay. the Packers books. Okay. With that being a thing, okay, they seem a little bit less likely now. Okay, yeah. Yeah. hear yeah. me out. Hear me out. Hear okay. me out. Hear me yeah. out. No. <laughs> <laughs> the team acquiring Rogers. No, never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if they traded Rogers. For Lamar, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, Send him to Baltimore with no weapons whatsoever. Hey, but they offered a contract to OBJ. That was news recently. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I don't even want to talk about him anymore. I don't even care. I'm not even going to mention when he signs. We brought him up way too many times. Yeah. I just don't care anymore. Yeah, so we'll move on to fourth down now, pivoting from free agency and trades to discuss the draft. We're going to do a little draft preview. Uh, So we'll talk about our teams obviously and go into what we expect overall to happen so we can start with our teams and first on the rundown we have the lions you kind of talked about this already bobby but anything in particular you want to go into in terms of expectations or hopes uh like i said they set themselves up to essentially take best player available um the one need that they really do they don't need needed as far as like it's a it's a detriment to the team but the weakest spot is defensive tackle, which is a really weird spot because of the whole Jalen Carter thing. Um, and I don't know, like, here, here's my thing on it. I think he's going to be there at six. And if they take him, I trust that Brad Holmes did the, the homework on him and Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are very comfortable with him. And I would be like, okay, if they trust him, he's the best talent at that position. That'd be a great pick. But um, if they pass on him, like, I 100% see why, so... Like I'm kind of expecting they either take Jalen Carter or they take a um, defensive end uh, at that posi- at that pick. My dream spot or my, my kind of dream scenario is we either a trade up to three and get Will Anderson, or a lot of teams end up trading up and taking quarterbacks in front of us and Will Anderson drops. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's either going to be Jalen Carter or um, I had a couple names. Uh, Miles Murphy or Brian Breeze, I think, are the kind of the, the three guys that I'm thinking at that spot. I don't think they'll take corner at six. I don't really want them to. I don't want them to take a quarterback, uh, which <laughs> a lot of, you know, that's been still buzz here, which I don't get uh, at this point, especially in our, if we trade up to three, 
maybe they can, but like, no, I, I don't want them to. Um, at 18, I can see them uh, going with a corner there. I'd be really good with that or a tight end or a offensive lineman. But like, like I said, it's kind of best, best player available. So I'm just kind of in a, in a position to wait and see what they do and judge it from there. Um, I don't have any glaring holes other than D tackle, which they will take one at some point, whether it's Carter or not. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm in a pretty comfortable spot, just waiting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up we have the Raiders. Arcadia, what are you thinking for this draft? Yeah. So the Raiders, they have number seven overall pick and 12 picks total. Thanks to a bunch of compensatory picks. Um, I believe they have at least two picks in the third round. Thanks to the Darren Waller trade. Um, yeah, they've got ammo to move up if they want to move up. And that's kind of where I would like them, what I would like them to do. Um, if they have a quarterback in mind that they can move up to like three or even two, I know there were rumblings that, oh, maybe the Texans won't take a quarterback after all. But to me, that's mostly just seems like they, they want a King's ransom that nobody's going to give them. Yeah. It's tough because after the first two quarterbacks, I don't think that there's a guy that I think is worth trading up to number three, four. Mm -hmm. So that's the tricky part. Uh, I know at the quarterback position, you kind of have to reach sometimes. So maybe they, they trade up and try to get an Anthony Richardson or gosh, uh, Will Levis as much as it pains me to say, but, but uh, otherwise I think if, if that doesn't materialize, I think they might be, well served in trading down because they have a lot of other needs on the roster. And if they can get someone to jump up from like the teens to number seven and maybe net them like another first round pick for next year, when there's a lot more quarterbacks to look at, like that could be the ideal situation for them. So yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I definitely think that they need to attack the defense like at all spots, like, with all their draft picks this year because there's a defense has just been too bad for too long. It's just inexcusable at this point. And Josh McDaniels, you know, he's, he's made a name for his offensive play calling. And I think we'll be all right in that regard going forward, even though, you know, the quarterback play is not expected to be as good, obviously, but yeah. Um, mo I'm mostly hoping for either a trade down or a trade up. And if they stand pat at number seven overall, like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's probably just best player available. Uh, next up, Niners. Janov, I see uh, I see you're a little distressed about the Niners draft situation right now. Look, the Niners draft situation is pretty simple. We don't have a first round pick. We don't have a second round pick. Yep. <laughs> so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I look, three third round if picks. If you though. want me to analyze day three draft round, day three draft picks, uh, someone's got to start paying me to do draft analysis before I before I start looking at day three draft picks. We we got um, Mel Kiper Jr. here. They, they have they have three picks on day two. Day two oh, is second yeah, and third round. Right? Third round is third on day round. two. Oh okay. my bad. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. Actually, he he I, just he just messaged me in end. a panic saying he's like, oh, I don't get to see any draft picks by the Niners when I'm in Kansas City. I'm glad that's not the case. <laughs> Okay, yeah, good, good. I forgot. I thought it was round one, round two, and then three through seven on day day, day three. It's two and yeah, three on day. I three. think it's two and okay. three. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I guess I'll get to see some draft picks. But look, I think we're at the end of the third round too. I don't even think we're at. 
the beginning of the third <laughs> round. I think it's all compensatory third round picks. I here's here's my my real my real 49ers draft take, which is um, we got this guy in the fifth round named George Kittle, and we got this guy in the last pick in the draft named Brock Purdy, who have both been above average players. Uh, there's some other guys who are like pretty notable on our team who are those later round picks, and I don't even know who they are. Uh, so my entire draft hype rests on the fact that breaking news: Nick and I will be at the draft in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Hey. I think we've broken this news like 16 times on the show, but <laughs> good. We're gonna break it one more time on the show. Yes. So we will. We will have some an in person recap of of the draft when we get to our draft recap in a couple weeks. So. Uh, yeah, we do have that to look forward to. Anything else you want to say about the Niners? Uh, there's, there is, uh, there has been talk about trading up. I think if they trade up into the second round, and you know they have eleven picks, if they trade three or four of those picks to get, um, to get up to the second round, I think they could make a move out of it. Um, to be honest with you, it's like the the big draft position right now is probably backup offensive line or or cornerback play um maybe a skill position player but i don't know our skill positions are really good in my opinion um and it's hard to see someone coming in to be better than any of our guys so it's a lot of it's a lot of drafting and and shoring up yeah you know the 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 backup positions because i they're not gonna they're not gonna move up to draft a quarterback and that's the only other position that's like the big glaring issue. The rest mm-hmm. of the positions, they're like we have good enough players. I would say we have NFL average or above average players in, in most of the rest of the positions. And um, oh, the other the other big one is kicker. That's actually like a genuine need. So if they can find a kicker and a good kicker, that would be that would be pretty nice. I wouldn't mind the Lions taking a kicker either. Um, we do, we have bad we have Badgley and he's fine. We resigned him, but like take someone in like the fifth or sixth round, like whatever. That's fine. I, I kind of want the Chiefs to take another kicker. I know he just got game-winning kicks in the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, but I am so sick of Harrison Butker. I want him gone. Um, God, first-world problem. I know, I know. Uh, so we can yeah. move on to the Chiefs real quick. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? Oh, just uh, I'm sure us talking about having to draft a kicker as our main concern area yeah. does real well for yeah. Arcadio yeah. Bite me. kickers over there. Yeah. Bite me. <laughs> we need another Janikowski. Yeah, that's uh, that's easy, oh, right? You the just Polish get, was so good. You can just find another Janikowski. It's easy. Uh, okay, last but not least, we'll mention the Chiefs. They have 10 picks total, including the number 31 overall pick. Is this still a Dolphins lost pick situation here? Did that yes. happen? To the, okay, uh, yes. I didn't know if yes. that was still from that or if it was something else that I missed. So yeah, only yeah, 31 picks fun. in the first round this year. And the Chiefs obviously being the Super Bowl winner and having not traded anything yet, they do have the last pick in the first round. And 10 picks total. Uh, so I mentioned wide receivers, obviously, the big glaring hole. I do is, I do assume that at some point, probably in the first three rounds, they will draft at least a wide receiver. Uh, other position I think they should get someone is an edge rusher to re- replace Frank Clark with someone younger and uh, for a couple years much less expensive. Um, they've they did really well drafting the defense last year and also in 2021 a lot of a lot of their big defensive pieces are guys who are at most in their third year in the league right now so uh it's encouraging the way they've drafted so far and i hope they do continue with a couple couple defensive picks primarily for the pass rush uh this year wide receiver would be nice i wouldn't hate a tight end if they want if they saw a guy in the first couple rounds they wanted to develop i don't think that's a terrible idea honestly i i hate saying that it's not it's not time to move on from travis kelsey but I uh, I don't mind the idea of getting someone for to learn under him and to learn the offense. I think that would be cool. Um, offensive line depth is never a bad thing. Like like 
any position except quarterback, I'm just like, yeah, like you can you can draft someone there and I'd be receptive to it. But I think the big needs are wide receiver and edge rusher and everything else would just be a, a cherry on top. And they have a lot of picks to play with if they see a guy they want to trade up a little bit for it. Like last year, they trade up like five or six picks to get Trent McDuffie in the first round. They've got the draft capital to do that. If they see a guy they really want, I'm sure they do have a plan, obviously. And I'm just waiting to see what it is because there's a lot of there's a lot of avenues they could go. And I'm just curious what they're doing because they've been a little quiet since that first week or so of the offseason. And I'm just waiting to see what's happening. Um, It'll be cool to see the trophies when we go to Kansas City. Yeah, we'll get to see the trophies. We'll, nice. get to, we'll get to do the whole fan experience thing. Probably spend way too much money on a shitty T-shirt that says I attended the 2023 NFL draft. <laughs> not hey, just gonna... I already have three of them that say I attended the 2022 draft. Yeah, and yeah. I, go. I was gonna say not so, gonna get it from a little a goodie bag. That says that, but yeah, yeah, gonna have to pay some cold hard cash for this one. Uh, yeah, you get to hear the gigantic boos when the number seven overall pick is being announced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't wait. That the atmosphere is going to be something else. Kansas City is itself is going to be an absolute nightmare to navigate that whole that whole time. But looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's just Jane and I. Would have been nice if everybody got to do it, but that's just not how the chips fell. Um, yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to the whole experience. We have a couple other things planned for that weekend. When you're here in a couple weeks, next episode will be the draft recap. <clears throat> we'll talk about everything that happened. Soccer fandom. Say what? Soccer fandom. Yeah, soccer fandom. Let's go um yeah so the hey yeah you're a big fan now that's right huge fan of soccer huge fan lifelong fan of Hmm. soccer lifelong lifelong die hard (laughs) there's no Uh, no particular reason for that either just no reason whatsoever no No particular reason not at all suddenly Um, he just became an earthquake season ticket holder it was it was weird it was like one night he woke up and he was like i need to become an earthquake season tickets holder now (laughs) go uh go leeds go chelsea Go sport, go sport in Kansas City. They haven't won all fucking year, and I'm, I'm about to go pay to see them. And I just bought a T-shirt. What what, what have I become? Um, <laughs> go uh, go Quakes. Uh, go Quakes. I, I'm supposed to have other allegiances. I don't remember what they are. I, I have nothing. To so, do. Sounds like a real fan. You never walk alone. <laughs> I don't know anything about any of this. Yeah, Detroit conspic- have a team, right? I don't know. I think so. It's like the set. <laughs> I think Detroit so. MLS. Detroit City FC, baby. Sure. Yeah, go, baby. Go them. <laughs> go them. Let's see how they've been doing this year. I think they're I think they're a USFL team. Are they an MLS team? No, they're not an MLS team. They're a oh. USFL team. We oh, have evolved they? into a soccer podcast, folks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get I out should. of here. Okay, yeah, let's get out of here. Uh yeah, looking forward to the draft. We'll have uh, we'll have a lot of in-person stuff to recap, and hopefully some of these acquisitions that haven't been made yet will be finalized by the time we actually get to the draft. Hopefully the draft ties into that, and we ha- we stop hearing about Aaron Rodgers for a little for a little while. That's what I hope for. But we'll see what happens when we get there. I'm I'm not confident in not having to hear about Aaron Rodgers again. So unless you guys have anything else, I think that will do it for us. I'll love uh, one we'll see y'all love. after the draft. Yes, we will see you guys in a couple weeks after the draft, and uh, yeah, see you then. I have nothing else to say, and oh god, I don't know how to sign off. I'm just going to say, bye!